0: Welcome to the Ponderosa, my friends, for an evening of songs and stories about the American West. Hi, I'm Troy
1: McClure. I, I was born uh, with two uh, left feet.
2: I never wanted to be away from
1: her. Of course, he's got to hear the war drums all the time. Because I'm the real article.
3: What you see is what you get.
4: They join the Royal Flying Corps, I like it, it's
1: good.
5: You're eating maggots, how do they taste?
6: I may be super, but uh,
1: I am no hero. Your stepmom is cute though. Shut up, Ted.
6: Remember when I asked her to the prom? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted
3: girl who can't act. I'm not gonna lie on the bathroom floor all day. I'm gonna lie here, on the counter. If you don't let me gut out this house and make it my own, I will go insane and
0: I will take you with me! I need to be taken seriously once more. I'm a trisexual, I'll try anything once. He'd walk all cocky in the street.
4: But his braid would be so crooked. Now I need your help to get back to the year
2: 1985.
5: I remembered who uh, Andre the
0: Giant was. He uh, he was a
5: giant and he went by the name of uh, Andre.
0: The three of us, that's it that's all that matters
6: it's making me mental it's the stay puffed marshmallow man godzilla has just walked out of tokyo bay
1: i'm pregnant pregnancy
6: it can often lead to an infant
0: dave's not here i'm coming to you and i'm asking for your help please the
1: how and the who is just scenery for the public prevents him from asking the most important question
5: why no 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 don't keep saying that i have told you i told you everything don't ask me anything.
0: No, <laughs> i am serious and don't call me Shirley.
3: hey you're listening to your favorite canadian my name is christine and if you have been following the podcast you will know that we are in round two of our tournament style podcast on a quest to name your favorite canadian actor and to do that we need your votes Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com/favecanpod. You can find Favecanpod on Twitter, and you can now also follow us on YouTube by visiting the Lion's Den Audio Theater page where our Lion's Den friends are hosting the podcast. So, on today's episode, Tommy Chong versus Eric Peterson. Maybe also a little Dan versus the panel. Let's hear what everyone had to say about Dan's picks for these two nominees. All right. So everybody, welcome back. I think we have the whole crew here today. Hi Heather, Dan, Mark, Matt, Shoelle, and of course Keith and I are here too. Did I miss anyone? <laughs> All right. So, uh, so for this episode, <clears throat> this is a a, a a double meal deal, Dan, um, with Eric Peterson versus Tommy Chong, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you decide who's going first.
4: Um, I'm going to pick uh, Mr. Tommy Chong, actually. All right.
3: Let's hear what you have to say about Tommy Chong and uh, the um, the work that you picked out for us to listen to.
4: Okay. First and foremost, uh, the work that I picked was Los Cochicos. I hope I pronounced that properly.
3: That is that is not what you picked, in fact.
4: Oh, okay. So, Los Cochinos. Los Cochinos. Thank you very much. Um, Tommy Chong's and Cheech Marin's sophomore um, comedy album after their self titled album, and another album that they released a little later, um, which I realized when I was growing up, and I'm going to get to the reason why I picked these albums um, before, a little bit of a disclaimer. It has been years since I've listened to these records. Because when I was growing up, these particular three records, which in my (laughs) fading memory was all one record, um, these skits, uh, these records... I listened to these nonstop growing up. These were, um, you know, uh, these were the the dirty jokes that your drunk aunt told at the family wedding. And my brothers and I somehow collected all these records. And we were the only ones who had them. And our friends used to come over. And we played them all the time. And I actually have a lot of really fond memories of these records in particular. And that is why I chose them. Because, you know, to talk about Tommy Chong or Cheech Merrick, his partner, um, without bringing up these albums it's like talking about michael jordan and not talking about the fact that he used to be a chicago bull you know it's it's impossible this is what he became known for and he became known um as an actor and as a comedian through these records so you know he got through there to the second round it was going to be impossible to talk about him without a ta- uh, talking about these records and i you know had listened to them for a really long time and actually i uh, small disclaimer when I listened to this record again I have to admit there was a lot of things that I was offended by um, there were some there was some language that was used that I didn't really like and now the, today's sensibilities and the fact that I'm much more older and more mature maybe a nicer person now that's debatable um, and there was some stuff that I did find offensive um, I did not remember any of this and those of you who are on the panel who are offended I apologize um, but what did stick true to me, um, was the funny stuff, the the stuff that didn't take shots uh, at particular groups of people. Um, and I'm talking, my favorite skit, we'll debate about this later, is Officer Stenenko. In, you know, he comes into the classroom and he's 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 a narcotics officer and just the way the kids behave in the class. Um, and then, you know, he's got some other great characters, Pedro and the Man. And yes, it's 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 he plays the stiff when he's the straight edge cop and he plays the comic stoner that we've all come to know. Um, and, and that was his shtick. And I found a lot of this still very funny today. I mean, I take out the offensive bits, of course, but I, I still <laughs> I still found myself laughing out loud. Yes. As I was working, I was listening to these records Um. Because he and Cheech were just, you know, a dynamic duo. You know, one was always playing the straight edge, one was always playing the stoner. Or they had the two stoners trying to solve some simple problem like opening the trunk of a car. And, and it, it was – it may not have – still be funny today. It may not hold up today. But it did start something. Like a lot of these jokes that they were making at the time, if you were caught doing anything that they were doing in their skits – It was a liable offense. Like, you could do time for some of these things. They were attacking the establishment, and they were just, you know, a bunch of goofballs, you know, having fun and making fun of the drug culture. And whether you like it or not, these records were probably some of the most influential records of a lot of comics that we're listening to today. I mean, if it wasn't for Cheech Merrick and Mr. Tommy Chong, there'd be a whole generations of comics that wouldn't maybe not have that uh, that brassness, the boldness, um, you know, not have, um, you know, might be too afraid to tell kind of some of these jokes. And these guys paved the way for that. And Tommy Chong was 50% of this comedy duo. And I don't think that the man, um, you know, really gets the respect he deserves in the history of comedy. And that is why I chose these records. This All one. Right. Record of- All right.
3: Thanks, Dan. Um, I... I feel like there's going to be some feelings here on the panel about this. And uh, Mark, maybe you want to, you want to share some thoughts?
2: Uh, Well, right out of the gate, uh, the fact that it was their sophomore album was pretty on the nose since it's such sophomore humor. Uh, um, I didn't grow up with this stuff. (laughs) My, uh, my 15 year old rebellious CDs were Adam Sandler. I'm sure they don't hold up as well today either. Um, I I do commend them for, for having the stones to be, you know, anti-establishment to the the degree that they were. And uh, some of the stuff at the time would have been considered pretty edgy and pushing it. I was kind of thinking I would enjoy it more than I did, given that, you know, I enjoyed these things when I was of the age to enjoy these things. Um, so I feel like Dan's probably rocking some nostalgia that I just don't have access to. Uh there were a couple chuckles. There was definitely some really dated, uh not so pleasant references. But even as far as like stoner humor goes, you know, like I, I didn't have any devil's nap of cabbage on hand myself at the time. But it, it, <laughs> it, it seems really tame by today's standards, I guess. So maybe it just doesn't hit as hard as it used to. And it didn't take as much back in the day.
3: Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh,
2: you know, I, uh, back when we didn't have so much media to consume and this was the only tape that your big brother left in the car and you were you know, hanging out with your, your buddies on the weekend, this might have hit way harder than now when we have literally millions of hours of audio at our disposal all the time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I found myself I couldn't really access. I found it inaccessible, I guess, in a way mm. because it was it's just maybe too dated for me. Mm. Um <clears throat> and and generally not my brand of humor anyway. Um Matt, what do you think?
1: Uh I I think it's stupid. I smoked a lot <laughs> of weed to listen to this. Uh I had plenty on hand uh and I, I and it didn't work i just sat through it it's stupid it's just really st- and like is there anything worse i didn't need like i wanted to enjoy it i thought i was going to enjoy it i was like yeah i'm sure this will be funny let me get baked and listen to this and then it was just really stupid it's stupid
4: um, <laughs> <Thank> Oh <you>, Matt, <laughs> well i don't think they're gonna win any pulitzer prizes or <laughs> anything like that for sure i mean it's it's you know they're they're making fun of two stoned guys, you know, trying to get through it, you know, driving. I mean, it's not going to be like a
1: smart comedy. Yeah, but I mean, like half baked has Jim Brewer in it. Like that's, but I mean, like that's stupid. But you know, you can still laugh at it. This is like stupid, stupid. This is bad, stupid. Half baked is stupid but good. This is like shitty stupid. You know what I mean? When I say shitty stupid, like this is actually just legitimately stupid.
3: <laughs> I, I
1: think it's 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 foundational.
3: So Dan thinks it is foundational, it being foundational. Heather, do you think that does anything to make uh, Tommy Chong any any more likely to be voted Canada's favourite actor? Nope, nope, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what else did you think about the album?
6: I also just did not find it funny. Yeah, like I, I okay, I'm going to try and be nice. I've never really found stoner humour that funny, even when I was stoned. And this was kind of like the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Maybe for its time, like I'll give it that benefit of the doubt, maybe for its time it was a bit funnier, it was a bit more. But I went into this, like expecting to listen to some stoner humor and, but you know, have a chuckle or two. And I just was sitting there like, when's the funny part? I really didn't. And I mean, I want to like Tommy Chong, I really do. I'm, I'm sorry, Dan, I was not a fan
0: oh what did you think it's
4: fine you're not a fan i i I just disagree that's
3: all
0: (laughs) sure i'd have to agree with pretty much everyone else um not my sense of humor um unrelatable Uh, yeah i just didn't get it i listened to it like one and a half times thinking i was missing something and and then i was just kind of like yeah nothing's really jumping out at me as clever or witty You know, it was a different time, and they were probably saying some pretty shocking things back then, which is considered pretty tame compared to, like, what Mark said, what we're, what is available to us now, and what we're used to. So, I think it just didn't, it just doesn't stand the test of time, and I wouldn't, I would hope that that wouldn't showcase, that wouldn't be the best showcase of Tommy Chong's abilities. He has been around a long time, and they probably did have a very, kind of niche market as a duo. But I don't know if this was the best choice to kind of propel him to the next round,
3: yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that, Chewell, because I think as much as maybe most of us didn't like it, he got to this round somehow. <laughs> so um,
2: I, I think this the shock factor that you mentioned is important to keep in mind when you're considering the the difference in time because yeah. like back then, the things that they were saying that we found kind of just boring were shocking right like i i don't know we grew up in the internet generation where there was a famous wildly viral video of two girls drinking poo out of a cup you know like the bar is just so much higher now
3: right we're so (laughs) desensitized
2: just talking about a joint it's it's legal now in canada you know like you you wouldn't do time if you had a gram of weed
4: on you at this time these guys openly flaunted it on their on their records and stuff like that so it was a it was a bit, it was gutsy. Um, you know, and, and as far as the humor goes and with the Tommy Chong, I, I hate to tell you guys this, but you know, this this is what the man does. Um, there would, you know, I could have very easily picked one of their movies. Um, or Matt, you mentioned Half-Baked. He was also in that, but it was a cameo. and would not really gonna pick a movie where the guy has only a cameo. It's
2: too- yeah, uh, a rec- he has a recurring character in that 70s show that might have been a little more
4: little accessible, bit- but... But he's the same guy. He, you know, he yeah. he does this character. He does this stick and this is where he developed this whole his this whole cult following. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, that this is what, um, you know, that that is this he is sh- showcasing his skills here.
6: Well, that, uh, I'll say I'll say that in defense of Dan Dan's choice. Like, this is, the, you know, what this is where Tommy Chong began. So the Tommy Chong that we see in that '70s show and in other movies and stuff, like he wouldn't be doing those if it weren't for this early stuff.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, as this historical piece, I suppose you're all right, but (laughs) at the same time, and this, I don't want to dwell on your, your like choice here too long, Dan, but I think for me, part of what made that extra alienating was that like, despite the fact that I like voiceover and I like radio and I like audio dramas, I was because I was so kind of like removed from this type of humor anyway, I found it so hard to engage with. And I think it would have made a difference for me if I had at least seen something, um, just made it like that much harder to connect with it. Only having an audio, um, uh, uh, only having audio to work with.
6: I agree with that sentiment as well. Now we haven't heard from Keith
3: (laughs) and I feel like you are, Sitting on something good. So why don't you share with (sighs) us your thoughts?
5: (laughs) This is absolute shit. Um, (laughs) Oftentimes, Dan, uh, I don't know if I've spoken to you directly about this, but many times you've said comedy doesn't age well um and I always think of like Keaton and Chaplin and the Marx Brothers and the Stooges and I sort of shake my head and say what the hell is he saying these guys are as funny today as they ever were and 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 now that I know where you're coming from with Los Cachinos I totally understand and you got to get yourself some some some, some better comedy I think um (laughs) so I'm going to compare I'm I'm, I was going to jokingly say that I have lost respect for the actors um, in some of the projects we've chosen. And this is the first time I've actually lost respect for the panelists who nominated it. I was that is that is not true. I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we haven't I'm even gotten the corner
2: gas yet. Um,
5: <laughs> well um, so let's let's talk about this. Um, you know, we talk about stoner humor, um, and, and, and we, you know, there've been attempts to give it the benefit of the doubt, um, or edgy humor. And, and, you know, I think of like the edgy humor that came from Lenny Bruce and and Richard Pryor and George Carlin. And that's as funny today as it was when it first came out. Um, so I, 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 there's no, there's no excuse for what I thought was completely flat humor. Um, I too was on drugs as I recently up upgraded my uh, my my cholesterol medicine and that <laughs> didn't have the uh, didn't have the effect that maybe some some cabbage would have had um but also too what disappointed me about this is that um i'm not as familiar with this one uh, it's been probably about 20 years since i listened to it but uh cheech and chong's first album is 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 infinitely better um and up in smoke is fantastic and even some of chong's cameos are way better um, I honestly I, I, I shit you not folks I didn't laugh once um, I, I, I like Tommy Chong I like Cheech Marin um, and I'm sitting there saying this sounds like something I made when I was 12 with the uh, you know with a friend sitting in front of a, a, a tape recorder just talking into it um, To say this was disappointing uh, all these years later is is a huge understatement. Now, I will not deny the influence they had, and this album is part of it. Um, and I will say on in Chong's behalf, one thing I really did enjoy about him was his ability to switch characters. Um, Cheech is always sort of Cheech on these albums, um, but Chong was a, a, a good uh, chameleon um, to offset him, which he probably didn't have to be. Um, so, yeah, I'll give Chong credit for that. Um this project is I, I hope there's nothing worse this this round or or any round subsequent. Yeah, I do have a bit of the nostalgic factor, but this is one of them things that I, I kinda wish I didn't listen to again. Um and just sort of try and just remembered it.
3: Um I think I think we should move on to the next nominee now because I think there's gonna be a need for a little compare and contrast at the end. So Dan, would you share with us your pick for Eric Peterson's piece of work.
4: Sure. Let me just get this noose and revolver out of the way. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to bring you joy. Okay. Can Dan, just, how you are you feeling after all of that?
5: I'm, I'm just going to say, here's the one Dan thought he was going to be roasted for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
5: Eric Peterson's uh,
4: betrayal of Oscar Leroy is to himself as Walter White is to Brian Cranston. Um, Corner Gas, the movie, why did I choose it? Why did I choose this uh, Canadian comedy? And which I think, you know, you can put up there with uh, great Canadian classics like uh, the big dirty or air bud um, or perhaps Porky's even uh, some of the greatest Canadian comedies ever made. And the reason why I chose this instead of, uh, an entire episode and this movie in particular is because I was looking at the comedies that we've chosen so far on the panel. We've had an 80s rom-com. We had a dark 90s film. We had an artsy political farce film in Mash, But we haven't really had a family comedy yet. And that's what Corner Gas the movie is. It's a family comedy. It's a comedy that you can watch with your grandmother, with your child, with your best friend no one's going to get offended and yeah you know unlike you know we were talking earlier about Mr. Chong and being you know a dirty comic a dirty joke it's a comedy that is for everyone it's a comedy that anyone can enjoy and you can just sit back and watch it and the guy that kind of holds it all together once again is Eric Peterson playing the the grouchy dad who he gets the horse uh and he na- <laughs> he names the horse Scope which is so funny cuz you know all those you know cowboys always had a a horse named after a, gun, a part of a gun, and he made the joke that was Trigger, so he picked Scope. Then he couldn't think of another name, a part of a gun. Hilarious. You know, there's so many good jokes in this. Um, they use, you know, a little bit of farce. They have, like, sight gags. They have slapstick. There's wordplay. And, you know, it's is it a laugh-out-loud, knee-slapping humor? No. But, I mean, you watch it, and you see a joke, and you say, oh, I get that. That's funny. And so would your grandma. So would the kid. So would your, so would the whole family. It's, it's a comedy that sometimes, quite frankly, the world needs, that this podcast needs. They all can't be dark, hilarious films with, you know, about the Korean War. You know, we we all can't sit down and, at Christmas time and, and watch those. And I know that a lot of you maybe did not like this film, maybe you didn't think that this comedy um, was all that great, and that maybe eric peterson's role wasn't that wonderful but i tend to disagree i think that his his comedy is not counterfeit i think his cash is um street legal if you will and
3: that's why i chose this film and uh there you go i don't maybe you should have chosen street legal dan come on (laughs) Nothing happened in this whole movie. (laughs) Nothing happened. He made friends with a horse and then it kept getting stolen. Then he
4: had to get the horse back and it got stolen again. He was trying to find where his horse was. And the other friend had a different name for it. And then they couldn't find a horse. And then the horse was there. Well, there was two bars going on at the same time. And they didn't know which
3: one was open. And then they saved the town. And that's the whole plot of the movie right there the whole thing it is and it was funny (laughs) okay before we move on i just have to tell you how offended i am that you compared eric peterson to brian cranston no no i said eric
4: peterson (laughs) to oscar (laughs) LeRoy is brian cranston is to walter white this was his crowning achievement in canadian cinematic history
3: oh boy all right i'm gonna need somebody else to speak um, <laughs> Keith, why don't you go first this time?
5: Happy to. Dan, um, yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I went into this. I wasn't. A, I wasn't. Uh, I only watched Corner Gas when I was like, you know, at the dentist or something like that. This was a cute, charming little movie. I, I will never watch it again. I don't think. Um, but uh, I mean, some nice cameos. Uh, uh, our uh, round two nominee, uh, Graham Greene, is in there. Good to see Darren Dutition uh, acting <laughs> um, and uh, the, the the guy that the, the, the gold medalist who hosted Amazing Race Canada was in there as well. Um, Perry Mason theme song was used. Um, do I love this movie? No, but uh, Eric Peterson of the main cast is the best in it. Um, having seen him in many other things, uh, that character is about as far from Eric Peterson as you can get. I did laugh at some of his stuff. Um, This was a much easier watch than Cochino's was a listen. Yeah, I thought Eric Peterson did everything he was supposed to do and more. You know, I I almost said he held his own, but no, he was the gold standard in the movie. Um, wasn't uh, wasn't a fantastic movie by any means. Um, and uh, I probably didn't laugh as much as they'd intended. But this is family movie from a show that was funded by Kickstarter. Um, and I, I thought his uh, performance was great, considering the context in which it uh, exists.
3: Yeah, I can agree with that, Keith. I, I don't know that I would call it great, even in those circumstances. But I see what you're saying in that. He and, and did to, the job that was asked of him in this movie. And,
5: and just to, to to respond to something, I do think Eric Peterson as an actor is as strong as Brian Cranston. I just, uh, I would never make... A comparison that this is walter like his walter white um I, I, think, I think that's this is his dad from malcolm in the middle not i wouldn't say it's his
2: Walter. yeah yeah walter white. yeah <laughs> i think that's a bang on uh, i can
3: totally take that yes absolutely um graham green uh was what was like such a delightful surprise i think graham green and will sasso were my Just being there were my favorite parts of the movie, which has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. But, uh, yeah, Mark, you seem to have something to say there.
2: Uh, Like Corner Gas for me was always the kind of thing, if it was on in the background, I wouldn't necessarily change the channel. Uh, Inoffensive, pleasant. Um, That being said... At about 35 minutes, it started to really show that it was just a bloated episode of the TV show. And they didn't really do anything special as a movie. Um, It felt like it really dragged for me. Uh, All that being said, uh, Mr. Peterson definitely did his job throughout. Um, It might have been a a very one note job. It's kind of like, you know, you're putting together a band and you need someone to play the bass. So you just get your buddy to stand in the back and hit the one note to fill the sound out. Is he great? Not necessarily, but does it sound worse without him? 100%. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think he totally did his job. I chuckled a couple times at him, but I found this one a bit of a slog to get to the finish.
3: Yeah. I feel what you're saying about it feeling like just a really long episode. And I think I, I almost would have preferred just an episode where he was showcased a bit. Um, uh, just because I did feel like there was a lot to watch that didn't have anything to do with him for one thing. Um, but also just like, I just wasn't, didn't find I was that interested. So it was hard to pay attention long enough to catch the parts that Eric Peterson was actually
0: in. I um, uh, Yeah, I agree. I, again, I don't, I'm a huge Eric Peterson fan, um, but I don't think this again was the best format to showcase his work. He is, talented and he he did bring an even heightened sense of levity to this piece where it was all kind of other just like kind of one note for me he was kind of had the more physical uh comedy happy happening but i i have nothing really to add i i, I agree with what everyone was saying it just it didn't capture my attention very much i have no idea what happened at the end of the movie it just kind of faded into the background for me and it left me feeling meh. heather Um, Yeah, so this was probably what made
6: me the angriest with Dan, Um, mostly because of all the seasons of Corner Gas, you made us watch the movie. We could have just watched an episode and got the exact same effect. That being said, um, I, too, like Eric Peterson. I actually would have liked more Eric Peterson in this or like maybe a project with eric peterson as more of a central character like i know he's a central character in this but his scenes were quite short kind of here and there he was definitely good he did make me laugh this is one of those movies where i was sort of like why did it need to be made like i know the show was successful and i never really watched it but it is it is amusing my dad used to watch it and i would catch it sometimes in the background and stuff and you know there are some funny jokes yeah i don't think they necessarily needed a movie and that's kind of, yeah, that's sort of how I feel about that. I like Eric Peterson. I didn't feel it was the best exhibition of his talents, but he was one of the people that I enjoyed the most in the movie. So I'll give him that.
4: Um, but no, I mean, and like I said, the reason why I, I chose this is because, uh, you know, of all the movies that we, the comedies we've watched, is, uh, what have we had? We've had Mannequin, right? 80s rom-com. We had Go, which I guess was supposed to be a comedy. You know, the dark, We didn't really have a full family comedy movie yet, so mm. that was that was the reason why I didn't want to pick and just an episode of the show. Which I which I realize, and Mark is right. You know, it, this is an extended um, episode. Um, it could have been a little different, but um, I mean, you know, it, it 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 was a 90 minute Disney movie.
3: No, Matt's been pretty quiet, and I'm afraid you're sitting there seething. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say seething. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I have a few, I, I have some thoughts, you know, like sometimes this week, I was like, it's a, I was thinking about those, that feeling that I sometimes have, you know, you wake up in the morning, and you're just so tired, and your bed is so comfy, and you're like, is my job worth it? I mean, it's not. I should just stay home. <laughs> Facing down, you know, the the shit for this podcast, I was like, maybe I'll just quit. Or maybe, maybe I just oh, won't no. do this to myself. Maybe i will quit. <laughs> but, you know, you get up out of bed, you go do your job. And I did this too. Like this, <sighs> the notion that comedy has to be for everyone and also has to fucking suck is just so way off comedy for everyone does not have to be abysmal disney plus has an extensive library of hilarious shit that is not uh terrible corner gas is why people think canadian stuff sucks corner gas and shit like it is why i thought canadian stuff sucked as a kid there's like no production value it's it's almost like there's no effort it's like are you guys even trying like you're doing stuff and like you're making some faces but this really just seems like you're doing this to say that you made a movie so Dan like and this motherfucker was barely in this movie like he popped in a couple of times you know I think Mr. Man over there said he wouldn't have picked just a cameo over a presentation I think he was in this movie for about five minutes come on this performance was like watching somebody with Alzheimer's get worse corner gas is the most unforgivable thing of all it's boring I was going to record myself tearing into this. I was excited. I was like, this is going to be so bad. I can't wait. I got my voice recorder out. And then it was just boring. And that's possibly, I mean, so our choices, my choice this week is stupid versus boring. I don't know. But I, I about Corner Gas, Canadian content is better than this. I think Corner Gas sets Canadian comedy back about 15 20 years comedy that's for everyone doesn't have to be a waste of time
3: thank you matt anybody else want to reflect specifically on corner gas I
1: mean, the theme song literally tells
2: you nothing goes on in it i think we could <laughs> <laughs> it gives it, it, at least it, it's upfront about it before mm-hmm. it goes away it's like that old entertainment industry adage if they love it or they hate it at least they felt something the worst yeah. thing you can do is have them feel nothing. And Corner Gas almost seems like it's going for that wants you to feel nothing vibe.
5: Uh, you know, I, no, I, I usually would agree with that, Mark, but I hated Los Cucinos, and I...
2: <laughs> at, at least I, you, I, you felt alive when you hated it. So, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like it, it made you mad. It made your heart pump. You felt like a human being. Watching I this did. movie made me feel like a rock that accidentally gained sentience. You know (laughs) Just sucked the life right out of me Yeah
3: I've watched episodes of Corner Gas casually You know, not with a whole lot of commitment And it's always been fine to have on in the background When I'm like folding (laughs) laundry or something But I don't seek it out And I certainly would not have sought out this movie But At the end of the day At the end of the episode We do have to pick between Los Cochinos and quarter gas the movie <laughs> so <clears throat> if you're ready
2: <laughs> well, we have to that's pick between correct. chong and peterson
3: that's we, correct
2: we can divorce them from these projects our, and they and i may recommend that right? yeah. and
3: and yes. that's
5: that's that's easier to swallow when you think that one of these projects are going to put somebody through and either john candy or Catherine o'hara is going to get eliminated this round mm-hmm. so oh god um, yeah uh that's wild better. cards nobody wild cards yeah
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah, we we got to get down to one eventually, right? That's right. Yep.
3: Mark, why don't you give us your uh, your choice first, and who do you think the audience is going to uh, go for?
2: Honestly, I think the audience will go for uh, Tommy Chong on uh, probably name recognition and nostalgia. I don't see Corner Gas having a huge following these days that I know of, or as big of an impact. Um, personally, I think. Canada has lost from going through all of this. <laughs> no. Uh I guess uh I'm gonna I have to go with uh, this is hard. I don't know. Let's go Tommy chong because I think other people will. All right. There we go. I need to wander away from this one now.
0: Shuelle, where are you at? Um Oh god, it is really hard. I think Eric Peterson is the better performer out of the two. The most diverse performer, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Eric Peterson. I have no idea what the audience will think. Maybe Tommy Chong, but I'm gonna go with Eric Peterson. All right, Heather. This is
6: really not that difficult of a decision for me. Um, I'm going Eric Peterson. I think I kind of tend to agree with Mark. I think the audience might go Tommy Chong because he's a more recognizable name, and you know people are more familiar with him and his humor. I think that Eric Peterson was winning one in this one. I don't have anything against Tommy Chong. I just I'm going with Eric Peterson. He made me laugh more this round.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Heather. I'm uh, I'll I'll I think I'll be voting for Eric Peterson. But I I do think the public might still the public. I do think the audience might still go for Tommy Chong. Um, Dan, you got to pick it's it's your nominee versus your nominee. Uh, Not exactly. I choose Tommy Chong. (laughs) And who is the who is the audience going to vote for? Eric Peterson. People love that guy. Really? Interesting.
1: Matt? I'm going to go Tommy Chong times two. I don't like watching people with dementia.
3: Oh, and Keith?
5: I'm 100% backing Eric Peterson on this one. Um, Initially, my gut told me Tommy Chong would be the audience's pick. Um, and, And part of me still thinks that. I just happened to stumble across, you know, in first round, Eric Peterson did beat Anna Paquin. So, um i i don't think it's a complete layup for chong i'm gonna say i think the audience is picking chong but uh i wouldn't be surprised if eric did squeak through
3: Alrighty, um so we're pretty pretty split on that one i um can this one could this one be a write-in for graham green so that we can uh keep ryan reynolds and graham green next time uh no we'll be talking about
5: graham green in our next episode
3: yeah. I know, I know, that's what I mean We have to well, lose I mean, one of them, but we have to keep one of these
5: <laughs> Well, I mean, Raymond Burr The Perry Mason theme song was there So maybe that's we right. can write it
3: <laughs> Alright uh, Well, thank you everyone Dan, I'm so sorry, hope you're doing okay, buddy Oh, uh, I'm
4: doing just fine
5: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, panel Thank you
4: Thanks We're thank like all. this all the time <laughs> <laughs> Ha
5: ha ha ha! And that is all we have for episode 5. If you want to show your love for Eric Peterson or Tommy Chong, you can do so over at our Facebook page, and that's at FaveCanPod. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can vote by dropping a comment below. This poll will be open until June 15th, 2021. And if you're so inclined, take a minute to check some of the other episodes we have on our YouTube page or over at Podbean, also available on Spotify, and everywhere you can get your favorite podcasts. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, Subscribe and follow where applicable. So wherever you are and whenever you are, thank you for listening.